Welcome to Campbell Uniting Church for this 19th of July service. A little of nature to have as an introduction. Nice to have some of its beauty. Today we're reflecting on another of Jesus' parables from Matthew chapter 13 and a little of a psalm and some Romans. I guess digging in deserted places is one of those occupations that people can get on with at the moment without much interruption in these awful days of pandemic. In a newly unearthed cellar in Capernaum, Archaeologists of biblical imagination discovered a clay jar, ancient and full of dried beans. At the bottom of the has-beens, a letter was found. Dear Auntie Esther, it's your nephew, Matthew, again. Thanks for writing back to me. And before I forget, please destroy this letter or hide it. I don't want soldiers giving you a hard time because of me. Well, we didn't go off harvesting after all. But Jesus is still talking about farming projects. As a matter of fact, I've been puzzling about a lot of things lately. You mentioned my synagogue school days. Something... I now wonder whether all the things... We learnt we're all wrong. Jesus has such a different way of looking at life and relating to God. He's all about helping and loving people and challenging old ways that aren't helpful anymore. And the Pharisees, they used to be all about the old ways, rules and punishments. Jesus calls God Daddy. And I remember how I used to feel when Gran would recite a psalm to us every night at bedtime. I loved Psalm 139, hearing about God's constant care, God's knowledge of us, and knowing that there is nowhere that we can go to be away from God's presence. So mysterious and so comforting at the same time. God as Daddy reminds me of that. I think about God's presence a lot when we travel around the country roads and towns with Jesus. But some days are pretty dark with sick people and demanding officials. But then I remember, even the darkness isn't dark with you. And I wonder what Jesus' gran read to him when he was a boy. Jesus tells farming stories when crowds come to listen to him. And it's great, and we all think we know what's going on. But then he brings us back to earth and back to being puzzled. Some of the other guys call the stories parables, like putting a label on it makes it easier. I don't think so. He told us one about a farmer sowing seeds. I think I got some of that. Jesus sows seeds of God's love and good news, and not all of it finds a good place to grow. Some grow a bit, and some bears a lot of fruit. 
To be honest, Jesus did have to explain it to me. But next he told a ripper about skullduggery on the land with an enemy sowing weeds in a farmer's crop. As if it's not hard enough to grow grain without enemies planting weeds on purpose. We were all ready to go and hunt down this enemy for a good stoning party. But then I remembered, it's just a story and well, how would you know who did it? Without a good forensics team and genomic sequencing and contact traces to track where the weeds had come from, what could we do? I thought about it some more. I have some more time to think these days. Weeds have their uses too. We often see poor families bundle them up and dry them for fuel. And I guess feuding isn't all that uncommon either. Maybe the story of the weeds and wheat is about another one of those real-world buts. I was thinking, we all hate the Romans, but they've done a lot of good here too. There will be an abundant harvest, but I guess on the way there are weeds and our experience of life is mixed and we get frustrated with the way that the world is with its weeds and viruses. I know I get frustrated, but what can we do? You can imagine the sort of questions that Jesus got when he told this story. We were asking, Jesus, why is there evil and bad in the world? Why do they often look so much the same until it's too late? We wanted to know, why can't we do something about the evil and bad people? Can't we just root them out? Then I remember Grand Psalm. Even the darkness isn't dark to you. And I think of her patience, and I guess that's what we need to. Anyway, I've never liked weeding much. Hmm, must remember that. Sorry if my wanderings are a bit of a ramble, Auntie Esther. I look forward to hearing from you again. Yours, Matthew. Well, we trust young Matthew will sort through his pondering one day. But it's a good thing to do, isn't it? Life is a mixed business. There are no fields that grow no weeds. There are no lives that don't at some point have their fair share of pain and trouble. The good coexists with the bad. And sometimes they resemble one another so closely that we can't separate the two. The issues should make us ponder. There have been times in church history, you know, when Christians have been so confident that they knew right from wrong, good from bad, they thought they'd be better off without this polluting element. So in the 13th century, church and state in Europe combined to hunt out the evil people, the heretics. In 1252, the rather ironically named Pope Innocent IV decided to allow the use of torture to help the guilty to confess. Penalties of the Inquisition included excommunication and even death. Martin Luther, to his great credit, used today's parable 
to teach against the use of force by the church. He affirmed that only God can separate false from true believers. He writes, Observe what raging and furious people we have been these many years, in that we desired to force others to believe, the Turks with the sword, heretics with fire, the Jews with death, and thus outroot the weeds by our own power, as if we were the ones who could reign over hearts and spirits and make them pious and right, which God's word alone must do. Perhaps there are still too many Bible-waving, furious people doing bad things to others in the name of their faith. If Jesus was answering a question about who can judge the good folk from the bad, his answer is quite clearly, you can't. Is Jesus telling us there's nothing we can do against the realities of evil? I don't think so. The warning here is against judging, against calling others unacceptable and trying to get rid of them. The wheat and the weeds grow together. There is, in God's way, a great generosity, a tolerance, a space and time for growth and development. We might think that we're experts in the garden and never pull out a good plant. But the clear message of Jesus here is don't you try to pull out the bad people from the good for you will do more damage whatever your intentions are. The truth is the weeds are mostly inside us. All of us are a mixed bag of bad and good. I think Gandhi puts it well. The only evil in the world is in our hearts. That's where the battle should be fought, he said. This story is full of God's wonderful patience and God's amazing, generous grace. In Romans 8, Paul reminds us about being heirs of this God and how creation itself waits to be redeemed to the hope that we already have. It reminds us that God and salvation are world issues, that we're part of an enormous movement of God who wants to bring healing and salvation to everyone and everything. So in God's grace, may none of the seeds of our words and our actions be weeds to others. But may what we do reflect the generosity of this patient farmer. Amen.